0: How are you doing, church? <clears throat> Am I speaking to people that are live today? How are you doing, church? Amen. Amen. Pastor Tafara sends his love and his greetings all the way from Namibia, Vinduk. He is with Pastor Mike and Lady T at Koi Church. And he, he he's, he's just so sad to not be here. Um, but he's put me in his place today. And he trusts that you will be blessed this morning. Amen. And amen. Well, today I want to I wanna continue with a series that I started at uh, Designer Life, right? And I'm looking around and I can see there are a few women here who were in Designer Life. Yay! And so I'm going to continue with my series. And my series was called Get Out of Your Tent and See. Amen. And so I was sharing with the ladies during Designer Life that, um, you know, I had one of those moments in March 2017 this year, Okay where when Pastor Pastor Tepharah was preaching, and off he went on some sort of rabbit trail, preaching about something that actually wasn't really related to what he was actually teaching. And while he was doing that, verses started floating, floating, floating out there. And one particular verse floated straight at me, and I caught it, and I've been meditating on it since then. And God has begun to give me more and more revelation about that one specific verse. So it is why i'm here today okay i want to share you some of the well will share with you some of the revelation that i've been getting from that verse that verse is genesis 15 verse 5 and if i can please have it up on the amplified in the amplified version okay and so i think we all know the story of abraham god had promised abraham children the dude was really old okay and so in the natural it seemed that there was no possible way that this promise could actually come to pass okay and so this is god waking up adam one night and this is uh, this is the verse right and he brought him outside his tent into the starlight amen and he said look now toward the heavens and count the stars if you be able to number them then he said to him so shall your descendants be amen And so during designer life, I shared with the ladies some lessons that God has started to speak to me concerning this verse. And one of the lessons I shared was, get out of your tent. Get out of your tent. And while I was meditating on this verse, I I asked God, you know, why couldn't you just have asked Abraham, right? I mean, the the dude was sleeping, right? Why couldn't you have just asked him, Abraham, you know, um, move the flap on your tent and, you know, look out and see the stars, right? And as many as the stars shall be, that's how many, you know, descendants you shall, you shall have, right? And God said to me, the tent really here was a metaphor, right? It really was a representation of limiting beliefs, narrow-mindedness, narrow vision, and that God knew that in order to get Abraham to conceive his miracle he was going to have to get out of those four walls that were restricting everything that God wanted to show him. Amen. So God had to change Abraham's position so that he could change Abraham's perspective. Amen. And sometimes in life, we cannot see the opportunities that present themselves because we are stuck with the obstacles in front of us. Amen. And so I shared four tents on Saturday last week during designer life that I believe God wanted to share with the women to get rid of those limiting beliefs in their lives. Amen. And so the four tents I shared was the tent of comparison. Okay. The tent of constantly comparing ourselves to each other. Amen. And then I shared the tent of wrong thinking. Amen. Then I shared the wrong tent of wrong speaking. And then I shared with them about the tent of unforgiveness. And, and here I said, this actually is not a tent. This is a prison. It's a prison of offense that we need to fight hard to get out of. Amen. And so I'm continuing that series. I'm sure I can see the smiles on their face, okay? I'm continuing this series, ladies. And today I'm going to talk about the tent of fear. Amen. I'm going to talk about the tent of fear because many Christians don't realize that in the same way that God works through our lives by faith, the enemy gains access and entrance to work in our lives by fear. And as a result, he is able to limit and to hinder the things that God wants to do in our lives. Amen. And today, more than we've ever seen before, we are seeing many and many and many people in the church living in fear eh and there's so many fears right there's the fear of um, fear of, of making decisions right fear of taking risks fear of leading leading in church leading in our ministries leading in our marriages leading our children amen there's the fear of lack that brother bruce spoke about and there's actually one very funny one and i i shared it with the church in the morning and i I really deliberated hard whether I should share it with you. But anyway, I've been delivered from it. But it's the fear of people laughing at you, right? It's the fear of rejection, okay? And I never grew up in church, right? And when I was in church, I was in a church where they didn't believe in praying out loud, right? Prayed in your heart, prayed in silence, prayed to yourself. Amen. And so I said this morning that God has a sense of humor, <laughs> Because he led me to marry a pastor, (laughs) and not just any pastor, a pastor who likes praying out loud, right? In a church where we believe it's okay to pray out loud. It's well, well okay to pray for other people. Amen. And so I really had to work with that fear because I felt that, you know, people would laugh at me if I prayed out loud. Or people would judge me, you know I mean? What pastor's wife doesn't know how to pray, right? So those were the fears that were playing themselves in my head and i did everything that i possibly could to get out of praying out loud i i I did everything okay and eventually i think i ran out of tricks right um and then and then my children were born and i had even more tricks right so we were sitting in life group and that moment came where you know the pastor said you know we're about to finish life group does anyone want to be prayed for Hmm, who's gonna pray for that person and then I'd pinch my baby. <laughs> and I'd say, oh, guys, you know what? I need to go and calm the baby. Sorry, sorry. I'll see you when, when you know, the prayers are over, right? <laughs> I mean, fears are so irrational. And they're so, they're crazy, right? But I, I've been through that journey. And I've been there, right? So when I teach you this, um, you know, I'm speaking from my experience. And I thank God that he delivered me from that fear. And I thank God... That there is nothing to be afraid. Amen. And so there are many fears. I mean, there's fear of flying. We had a colleague who, you know, he he, he was too scared to fly to go see clients, right? And you know, and we went on offsites to very fancy uh, destinations in Europe, and he could never come with us. And so his promotion, his progress in the company was limited because of his fears. Amen. Look, the fears are the fears are many. Okay. But fear, if it's left unchecked, if it's left undealt with, if it's tolerated, can become irrational. It can become an irrational fear. And that fear is called a phobia. And medical science says there are over a hundred phobias known to mankind. And as I was preparing for this message, I actually decided to Google. You know, Dr. Google knows everything. I Googled all the websites with phobias, and I was shocked what I found. I mean, I found some sites that had lists and lists and lists of phobias that people are really facing, right? And um, while I found some funny and some maybe even trivial, right, I, I, I came to realize that, you know what, there are actually some people who live with these phobias on, on a daily basis and these phobias are very real to them, okay? So today I want to just read you some of the phobias that I came across and, and you'll see why I believe that fear, fear should never be tolerated, okay? So the first one I came across was agoraphobia. And this is fear of being alone or in open spaces, right? So if someone with agoraphobia, you'll never find them in an open space. You'll never find them in a concert. You probably might never find them in a church, right? Because they have some irrational fear that um, prevents them from going into open spaces. Then there's social phobia, fear of embarrassment in social settings, right? So you guys have probably been to parties. You've been to events. where you've probably seen some people literally pasted to the wall, right? afraid to make eye contact, afraid that, you know, if they look at you or if you look at them, they might suffer some sort of embarrassment. Okay. That's social phobia. Then they really started getting a bit, um, a bit, uh, a bit, a bit strange. Okay. Um, There was one I came across called Xanthophobia. Okay. And this is the fear of the color yellow or even the word yellow. So as I saw this, I thought, shoo, this person can never be a fan of Kaiser Chiefs. (laughs) Hey? They can never do color blocking with yellow. And yellow is actually my favorite color, so yeah, it's it's quite a challenge, right? Then there's prosophobia, which is fear of progress. Can you believe that some people are scared of progress in their lives? And some people actually purposely sabotage moving forward and advancing and taking charge and dominating in this very world? Very real. Then there's prognophobia. I'm going <laughs> to I picked on Bruce, right? Oh, Denzel, you don't have a, okay. Okay, let me go back to Bruce. Okay. Bruce, prognophobia. It's the fear of beards, eh? So in four ways more, if you're walking and you see someone walking past you and running away in terror, they've probably got prognophobia. Oopsie. Okay, then there's phob- phob- phobia, which is the fear of fear. Fear of being afraid. Some people are afraid of being afraid, okay? It exists. It's very real to people, okay? Then I'm going to throw you my lovely husband under the bus, okay? Because this is one I, th- I believe Pastor Safara developed the moment we got married. Okay, he's not here, so I can talk about him. Um, the moment we got married, the moment we moved in together, he developed this one particular phobia, okay? It's called my It's fear of cooking. <laughs> hey, Ladies, you're laughing. Married ladies, hey, you're laughing. They develop these phobias. It exists. It's very real, okay? And the last one I want to share with you is a blutophobia, which is the fear of bathing. And I'm not even going to ask anyone here who has this fear. I think we can probably just smell them. But just look at them and say, today we're going to deliver you from that phobia. <coughs> Amen. Look, we laugh at these fears, but to the people who are walking in these fears on a daily basis, being tormented, being hindered, being imprisoned, these things are very real. It's said that fear stands for false evidence appearing real. False evidence appearing real. And that's how the devil works. He plants thoughts and ideas in our minds. And if we receive these thoughts and ideas, They completely paralyze us and prevent us from moving forward in life. Amen. When all it really is, is false evidence appearing real. False evidence, which becomes a reality in our lives. As we think about it, as we talk about it, as we worry about it, and as we entertain it. Amen. 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 And the sad thing about it is fear has torment. First John four eighteen says, fear brings torment. Amen. And as I, you know, this, 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 this subject, this topic, as I studied and as I prepared for, it, um, for this morning, while I encountered fear and a lot of really obscure and bizarre fears, I also in the Word of God encountered several times when God in His Word said, do not fear, be not afraid. In fact, I think it's recorded over 150 times where God says, Be not afraid, do not fear. And so today I want to tell you, faithful church, the devil is a liar. Fear is a liar. God never intended for you to live in fear, He designed for you to live by faith. We must walk by faith. Stop being afraid. Amen. And so today I want to look at a few scriptures that will show us some of the consequences of really living in fear. Okay, And then I will show you some of the keys that I've used in my life. So I think Bruce, the Holy Spirit's float- flowing here, eh? because he actually showed me the plans. And you said, we have to have a plan, right? And so I want to show you a plan. It's actually a five-step plan that you can implement in your lives, amen, to overcome the spirit of fear and live the life that God really designed for you to live. And my prayer for you this morning is that you will take these principles, you will apply them in your life, and you will begin to walk in victory and see victory over all those things that have hindered and limited God's ability to work through you. Amen, amen, amen. So I'm actually going to take a bit of a detour before I actually get to my message. And this was something that God actually spoke to me um, as I was as I was running this morning. Um, and it's really in, um, it starts off in 2 Timothy 1. So we'll start off in verse 1. And I think I'd like to take this detour to just establish where faith actually, oh, sorry, where fear actually comes from, okay? So 2 Timothy 1, verse 1, you can have it in the King James. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the p- promise of life which is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. Let us skip to verse 5. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice. And I am persuaded in thee also. Wherefore, I put, in, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Verse 7, for God, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but a spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. Be thou therefore ashamed, not be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the gospel, according to the power of God. Amen. So Paul here was writing this letter to his spiritual son Timothy, and Timothy was a young pastor who had just um, really entered ministry, and at this point was pastoring the church at Ephesus. And this was was a a sizable church, right? It was 100,000 people. Only 100,000 people, right? But Timothy had allowed allowed fear to imprison him. And and although God had called him into ministry, Timothy found himself fearful. Amen. And so he couldn't give full expression um, of his calling. And so we go to 2 Timothy 1 verse 7. And here we see Paul saying to Timothy, You've got what it takes, Timothy. There was an impartation that came onto your life by the laying on of my hands. You're the right person for the job. You are the right person in the right place. Why are you afraid to lead? After all, God has not given you a spirit of fear. And if we study that word fear in the Greek, It's actually talking about not being intimidated, okay? So Paul is saying to Timothy, God does not want you to be intimidated. God does not want you to be timid. God does not want you to be cowardly. He has not given you that spirit, but he has given you a spirit of power, love, and as a sound mind. Timothy, like so many people in the church, had what it took to run the church. But he had let fear paralyze and limit what God had to do in his life. And so the Bible says, if ever, if ever you see fear anywhere, no one thing, it doesn't come from God. Amen. Amen. The truth is that fear has been a part of human existence since, since the fall of man. And we see fear come in as part of the curse when Adam disobeyed God. Amen. So we're going to actually go back all the way to the book of Genesis to see and identify where fear first came from. Okay, so go with me to Genesis 3 verse 8. And we know the story quite well. We know at this point Adam and Eve had disobeyed God and they'd eaten of of the forbidden fruit. The word says, and they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord among the trees of the garden. Church, I'd like to submit to you that fear causes people to hide themselves. If you're taking down notes, fear causes people to hide themselves. So many people have what it takes. But they're hiding themselves. The world is waiting to see the real you. The world is waiting to see and receive the gifts and the talents that God has placed on your life. The world is waiting for you to lead. The world is waiting for you to take a step and leave that fear behind. But so many people are hiding in fear. They will not take that step. They will not even try. They will not venture out into all that God has called them. And Sophia has held them captive. Sophia causes people to hide themselves. Amen. Genesis 3 verse 9. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? And I'd like to submit to you that when God asked Adam where he was, it wasn't a matter of of position. God is omnipresent. He's everywhere. He says he'll never leave us. He'll never forsake us. He sees everything. He is everything. And so when God was asking Adam this question, he was actually trying to get Adam to understand um, a, a principle. He was actually trying to get Adam to understand that, Adam, you're out of position. And so Genesis 3 verse 10 says, So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Genesis 3.11 said, And he said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded you should not eat? And so the second thing that fear does is it will cause you to be out of position. It will cause you to be out of assignment. It will cause you to be out of the calling, out of the place where God needs you to be. Here we see Adam and Eve hiding. They were supposed to be tending to the garden. Had God not said to them that they must be fruitful, they must multiply, they must take charge, have dominion. But here they were hiding because of their fear. And they would stopped doing what God had told them to do. God wants to see your life go further, church. He wants to see you progress in life. You know, some of you have been called to start businesses. Some of you have actually been called to leave your full-time employment in corporate and start a business. Some of you have been told to finish your studies, get a degree. Some of you have even been told to get a passport and to travel, to venture out, to see the world. But you're too afraid. And you've let fear paralyze you. And you've let fear hinder what God has to do in your life. And you know what, church? The worst place to be in this life is to be out of God's will. Amen. And so fear will cause you to be out of position, out of assignment, out of your calling. Amen. Now go with me quickly. To Numbers 13, and we'll start in verse one. And this is quite a this is a a passage of scripture I like teaching from quite a lot because there's actually quite a lot you can teach from here. Okay, this is the story about um, I said um, and I shouldn't say um. (laughs) I belong to Toastmasters, and if you say um 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 um, they actually count your ums. Okay, and then yeah, you have to pay for stuff. You know, You know, you get fined. Okay, so this is the story about the 12 spies who Moses had sent to check out the land of Canaan. And we know from the story that 10 of them came back with an evil report and two of them, only two of them came back with a good report. Okay, so let's start off in Numbers 13 verse 1. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel. Someone say, which I give. Which I give unto the children of Israel. Of every tribe of their fathers, shall he send a man, every one a ruler among them. How many of you know that what God gives, if God gives you something, He gives you the pos- ability to possess it? Amen. So when God said that He'd given them the land, guess what? He'd already He'd already given them the ability to possess that land. Amen. So verse 3 goes on and says, And Moses, by the commandment of the Lord, sent them from the wilderness of Paran, all those men who were heads of the children of Israel. So here we see Moses sending out the spies into the land to see whether the land was well fortified, weakly fortified, to see if the people were strong, weak, etc. To really just do some sort of recon of the land. Skipping and moving forward to verse 27. So Numbers 13, verse 27. This is the report that the ten spies came and gave. And they told him and said, We came unto the land whither thou sentest us. And surely it flowed with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. So the fruit was so ginormous. They say that one grape was actually the size of my, my whole body. Okay? And they came carrying two of the grapes on a huge pole. So this land was truly flowing with milk and honey. And there was plenty good, amazing fruit that came from it. But listen to what happened in verse 28. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land. And the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there. And I believe that as the 10 spies spoke and as they recalled what they saw, they allowed fear to enter their hearts. Amen. And that fear kept them from seeing their potential. And so moving to verse 30, and here we, say, we see one of the two spies who brought a good report. And this is Caleb. I love Caleb, man. I think if I was a man, I'd be Caleb. <laughs> well, Abel. And Caleb stilled the people. He said, shut up. And he said, let us go up at once. For we are well able to overcome it. He believed the word of God who said, I've given you. He believed that what God gives, he gives the ability to possess. And so he said, we are well able. So imagine Caleb and me, we are well able. (laughs) But verse 31 says, but the man that went up with him said, we be not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we are. 32. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they searched unto the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it, it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants in it. Imagine that, guys. They really saw this land as land which eats people. That's how much fear had distorted what they saw. Amen. And then they said, and all the people that we saw in it were men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sights as grasshoppers, And so were we in their sight. You see, church, fear attacks and it distorts your self-image. Amen. And your potential. God had said, I've given you the land. But what did these ten spies see? They saw their enemies. They saw the giants. They saw the fortified city. And guess what? They let fear enter their hearts. And they let that fear define who they were. And limit what they could do. And we know that they never entered the promised land. They were not able to accomplish what God had said They could do what God said they should do. Amen. You see, God had said they could take the land, and they saw themselves as weak and so insignificant, they failed to realize their potential. And they never made it to the promised land. And in fact, this story is actually quite sad because. There were 10 spies, they came and gave the report to the children of Israel and, you know, they stirred up so much fear amongst these children of Israel that everyone received that report. And everyone, except the two spies that gave a good report, everyone else never entered the promised land. And so I'm here to tell you today that fear distorts your self-image and it limits and hinders what God wants to do in your lives if God tells you, church, to possess the land, it doesn't matter how old you are. It doesn't matter how much experience you have or experience you don't have. It doesn't even matter where you come from. It doesn't matter what you've done or what you haven't done in your past. It doesn't matter. Because when God says he's given it to you, you must possess it. You can possess it. Don't allow fear to distort your self-image and limit and hinder what God wants to do in your lives. Amen. And so the golden question that everyone asks is, so how do we stop being afraid? You know, How do we overcome the spirit of fear in our lives? Well, I want to submit to you that you fight fear with a plan. You fight fear with a plan. And so today I want to share with you a five-step plan. That I've implemented in my life that has caused me to move from a position of fear, and intimidation, timidity and cowardliness to a position of victory, living and walking by faith and seeing God use me in the most amazing ways. Amen. So plan one or step one or key one, whatever you want to call, whatever you want to put in your diary. It's up to you. Know that you're not alone. Know that you're not alone. God is with you. Amen. Go with me quickly to Isaiah 41 verse 10. And if we can have it in the Amplified, because I quite like how it says it in the Amplified. So Isaiah 41 verse 10 in the Amplified, please. Okay, if you're there, say Amen. I'm there in the first part. So I'll say this. In Isaiah 51, 41, sorry, verse 10 in the Amplified, this is God speaking to us. And he says, fear not. Fear not. There is nothing to fear. And so we ask ourselves, why God? Why must we fear God? Why must we not fear? Why, why is there nothing to fear? And he answers it in the next phrase after the comma. He says, for I am with you. For I am with you. So no matter how alone you may feel in life, no matter how alone you may feel at not having enough money, at not having enough friends, if you're fearing the opinion of others, if you're fearing being judged or laughed at like I was, I want to tell you, church, God is with you. There is nothing to be afraid. There is nothing to be afraid of. God is with you. And in my life, I have walked on this promise. I have walked into interview, job interviews. I have walked into promotion panels. I've walked into exams. I've walked into situations that have, you know, caused my heart to beat a little bit faster. And I've walked in confidently and boldly, knowing that God is with me. The great I am is with me. The solutions walk in with me. The answers to that interview question walk in with me. I have favor that walks in with me. I am not alone because God was with me. He will never leave me. He will never forsake me. He is always with me. And so church, today I want to say, do not be afraid. Because God, God is with you. Amen. And so the next key I want to share is, build your confidence in God's love for you. Build your confidence in God's love for you. Not God's love for the pastor. Not God's love for the worship leader. Not God's love for your sister, not God's love for your mother. You need to build your confidence for God's love for you. You, you. He calls you by name. And He wants to give you a revelation that He loves you. Amen. So go with me quickly to 1 John 4 verse 18. Okay. And I know we read this um, this chapter before. But in the NIV, 1 John 4 verse 18 says, There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. In love, but perfect love casts out all fear. In other words, the more you get to know God, the more you get confident in his love for you, the more confident you become and the less you have to fear. You see, God is never going to hurt you. God is never going to leave you. He's never going to do anything that will bring harm to you. He has great plans for you. He loves you. He wants to see you walk in those plans that will prosper you. Those plans that will cause you to be a great success in whatever He has called you to do, wherever He has called you to be. Amen. And so that confidence, church, it cannot be developed by laying. Cannot be developed by blowing on you. It can only be developed through spending time with Him, spending time in His Word, and really getting that revelation that God, God loves me. And because He loves me, there is nothing to be afraid of. Amen. Now, the third step I want to share with you is feed your faith. I like this one. Feed your faith. Lester Samuel says, starve your doubts. Starve your fears and feed your faith. You see, fear and faith are two opposite forces. And fear is actually the result of listening to Satan's lies. Remember, I said false evidence appearing real lies. Fear is a liar. So fear comes from listening to those lies more than you listen to the truth of the word of God. Amen. And so you're going to have to feed your faith. And in order for anything to live, it has to be fed. I gave an example this morning about um, a stray dog, right, that comes by your house past your gate. You know, and if you decide to feed him, you give him some water, you give him the best dog food there is possible, not the leftover pop or, you know, bones. You give him the best food there is, right, you stroke him and you cuddle him and you love him. Guess what? He'll be back again tomorrow. Amen. And so it is with your fears. If you entertain your fears, if you receive and walk in those fears by thinking them, talking them, acting them out, worrying, being fearful, not sleeping. Guess what? They will not go away. And so you have got to purpose in your heart that you are going to starve those fears because you want them to die. And you're going to feed your faith. Romans 10:17 says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so for some of you here today, you're, gonna st- you're going to need to start hearing the word of God more and more. You know, Sunday morning is just not enough to really feed your faith and drive out that spirit of fear. And so I'll share with you some of the things I did. I joined a life group. And I love my life group. We're my life group, people. I love you. I love you. <laughs> I love my life group. And my personal testimony about life group is I've grown the most. Through a life group, through engaging with a community of people who love me, who love the Word of God, who are continuously speaking the Word of God, encouraging me with the Word of God, praying over my fears. And so some of you are going to have to start hearing the Word of God more and more. And I'd love to encourage you to join a life group. And we've got many life groups across the city. So if you want to know more information, I encourage you to go to the ladies, beautiful ladies at the back and they'll tell you about all the locations we have. Okay. But you're gonna to have to feed your faith. Because when fear comes, faith has no fear has no choice but to leave. Amen. And now the fourth lesson I want to share with you is build up your courage. Build up your courage. And now how do you do this? You speak courage over yourself. And this is one revelation. When I got this revelation, I got it. I speak to the spirit of fear. I speak to that person who's trying to intimidate me. And I say, no, I refuse to fear. Because God has not given me a spirit of fear. He's given me a spirit of power. He's given me a spirit of love and a sound mind. Therefore, fear you go. I refuse to entertain you. Amen. You need to say what God says. Mark 11, verse 23 and 24 say, You can have what you say, but many of us don't have anything because we're not saying anything. So speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. Speak the word of God. And as you consistently speak faithful words over your life, over your situation, over your children, over your family, That fear will have no choice but to go away. Amen. So be strong. Build up your courage. Do not be afraid. And the last point I want to share with you today as I close is step five. And Brother Bruce, we were sinking today because that was the point he closed on today as well. Okay? This point is just do it. No matter how you feel. Do it now. Joyce Meyer says, do it afraid. We are asked to walk by faith, not by sight. And we know sight is anything we can feel, anything we can touch, anything we can taste. We're not supposed to be walking by what we can see, what we can feel. And sometimes, sometimes we are just, we cannot afford to let, to wait until that fear goes away. We just have to do it now. And I know I'm speaking to someone here today. You have to do what God is telling you to do, church. And you have to trust that God is right there beside you. Amen. If you feel that God has placed something in your heart, maybe He's spoken about it through dreams, through visions, through words other people have spoken, through through your children. Do it. Do it afraid. Do it now. Amen. And maybe, maybe, maybe you aren't ready to do everything that God, you know, has laid out in front of you, right? But at least start walking in that direction. Take that small step of faith and start moving forward. And as you move forward, you'll develop and build your courage to take even bigger steps. And before you know it, you'll be running. Amen. Amen. So I want to encourage you this morning, church, to stop limiting God. Get out of the tent of fear. Get out of that tent of fear. Fear not. God says there is nothing to be afraid of. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's right there with you. And today we're we're going to have to probably make some decisions. Today we're going to have to choose to believe what God says. Because when God says he has given you something, he has given you the land, he has given you ideas, he has given you concepts, he has given you a plan, he's also given you the ability to be able to receive it and walk in that plan. So don't be afraid. Amen. Why don't you stand up on your feet so that we can pray. Father, we just want to thank you for today. Father, we just want to thank you for your word here today, Father. Oh Lord, we just want to pray for these here your children, Father. We want to speak against the spirit of fear in their lives, Father. We want to bind right now and rebuke the spirit of fear in their lives that hindered and limited them from doing those very things that you've called them to do, Father. Father, from today onwards, we choose to only speak what you say. We only choose to speak the word of God. And so today, Father, we are saying we refuse to be afraid. Because you have not given us a spirit of fear. You have given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Today we refuse to be afraid. Father, we know that you will never leave us. You will never forsake us. You walk with us Father and though we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will not fear any evil father because we know that you are with us. We know that you are with us and father today we pray for those that have living well that have been living well below those plans, those things that you have for their lives father today. Lord today we thank you. That you are getting them out of their tents, Father. Today we thank you that they are not being afraid today, Father. Thank you, Father. Father, thank you, Lord. Thank you that from today we choose to walk by faith and not by fear. Today we choose to walk by faith and not by fear. Today we refuse to walk in fear. We walk by faith. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you that you walk with us. We thank you that you walk with us. And today, I feel God is saying to someone today, someone who's got an interview or someone who's uh, uh, challenged and, and fearful about applying for that job, God is saying, I've given it to you. Don't be afraid. Send that CV. Write that CV. Apply for that job. I will never leave you and I'll never forsake you. As you walk into that interview, I will give you answers. As you walk into that interview, I will speak through you. You will have solutions. You'll have ideas. You'll have answers like never before. Don't be afraid. And some of you, God has given you plans. God has given you things that you've been holding on to, too afraid to do them. I'm here to tell you today that you do it. Do it afraid. Walk by faith. Walk by faith. And don't walk by sight. Father, and so for the next, I think, five seconds, if we can just thank the the Lord for his word. Thank him that he has not given us the spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit of power, love, and a sound mind. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for your words. We thank you that even today your word is being sown in fertile soil, Father. I thank you, Father, that your word has been received today with gladness, Father. And today, as your children walk out of here... That word shall give rise to fruit, Father, thirty souls, sixty fold, but to most under the sound of my voice, a has return. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. And I'd like to ask if there's anyone here who hasn't received God as their Lord and Savior? Anyone here who's hearing the voice of the Lord say, Come to me. Come to me. I tell you that there's nothing to be afraid and I'd like to ask you to put up your hands so that we can we can pray for you. You know God loves you. God loves you with a with a never-ending love. God loves you with a with a love that knows no limits. With a love that knows no boundaries. And so today I want to I want to say to that person if you want to make God if you want to make Jesus the Lord of your life we want to lead you into that prayer. I you put up your hands, amen, amen, don't be afraid, God wants to see greatness in your life, he wants you to succeed in everything that he does, in everything that you do, and so today he's saying welcome, he's saying come to me, come to me, amen, and today I also want to ask if there's anyone here who's living with fear, worry and anxiety, if there's anyone right here today who's living in worry, fear and anxiety, even right now, I want you to lift up your hands because we, we want to pray for you. I want you to lift up your hand because today we want to rebuke that spirit of fear. Today you're going to walk out fear-free because this is a fear-free zone. And so if there's anyone here and you feel in your heart, I'm struggling. I'm still fearful. I'm still worried. I'm worried about my children. I'm worried about my bills. I'm worried about my finances. I'm worried about getting fired we want to pray for you today because fear has to leave today. Amen. And so I'm going to ask you to put up a hand. In fact, I'm actually going to ask you to run to the front because I want to ask our leaders to pray for you. And so if that is you and you're really just feeling that, you know, today I just, I can't, I can't, I can't carry on like this. I just need you. I need, I need, I need you, Lord. I need you. I need you. I need you to stop these feelings. I need you to rebuke this fear for me. I need to start walking and say, I cannot do this. I'm going to ask you to run to the front so we can pray for you because today, that fear has no choice but to leave. That fear has no choice but to leave. That fear has no choice but to leave today. That fear has no choice but to leave today. If anyone is fearful, they're fearful of sickness. They're fearful of illness. They're fearful of being attacked by that very same sickness that conquered them and attacked them before. I need you to come in the front because I want to pray for you right now. That fear will have to leave. That fear has no place here today. God has not given us a spirit of fear. He's given us a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Amen. 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 So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid, church. There's someone right here and you're just feeling in your heart, I need prayer today. Today is your day. Today is the day. I'm asking you to run to the front because that fear has no choice but to leave here today. God has not given you a spirit of fear. He has no desire to see you live in that bondage, to see you bound by fear. And so today that is you. We want to pray for you here today. We want to speak to that fear today. I am lives in you. Do not be afraid. Fear not. God is with you. Who shall you fear? The Lord is your light. He is your strength and he is your salvation. Who should you fear? The Lord will never leave you, he will never forsake you. He is with you, he loves you. There is no need to fear. No fear here. and so church for the rest of you here today I'd like to encourage you with these words we walk by faith and not by sight and so as you leave greet one or two people give them a high five and say there's no fear in my life amen, God has not given you a spirit of fear amen, amen hallelujah, there's no fear in your life yeah, God has not given you a spirit of fear